What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Creator Clubhouse. I am Prince, your host, along with DJ and Vieira. What's happening, guys? We're back in the building today. We have a very special guest, uh, Kyler Melton. He's a cinematographer and storyteller, uh, telling stories that really that moves the heart and the soul. So, uh, Kyler, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Honored to be here. Dude, it's absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, just so you guys know, Kyler hit me up like an hour before our podcast and said he was going to, you know, do some morning yoga so he could be primed and ready to rock and roll. And then he hits me up like five minutes before the podcast and he's like, yo, bro, I'm going to go take a quick dip in the lake. And <laughs> so I might be a few minutes late, but I'm going to be refreshed and ready to go. So uh, here's Kyler. He's out at Sparks Lake chilling, vibing out in his van. And uh, dude, we're stoked to have you, man. How you been? I'm stoked to be here. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. Life's been crazy lately, but that's true with everyone, eh? Yeah. Crazy in a good way? Because yeah, there's, there's different types chaos. of crazy. <laughs> chaos is up to the perception, right? Yeah. True. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been crazy in a good way. Good, good. So... Why don't you start us off by giving us just a, a little bit of background on yourself and what it is you do? Mm, that's always a good place to start. Oh, uh, you said you had a bio, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you want to bio, dude? Because like, I want to hear your perception of my bio. Oh, that's what good. I, I mean, so if if I were to explain to someone, I would, you know, to be honest, Kyler. I would say Kyler is a a very loving, bright, shining, wild spirit who has a large appetite for life. Uh, Kyler creates amazing films that are very touching, very deep storytelling, very natural, uh, heart-feeling imagery, uh, but with this air of adventure and and chaos and and fun and and creativity. And uh, I think that's how I would have to, you know, introduce you as far as what you do bro let's roll with that yeah <laughs> that's who i am <laughs> uh, so what have you been what have you been up to lately mm, dude well so i just got back to oregon uh and we, i was just like exploring the mountains the last week but um before that i was out in the midwest chasing storms Ooh, storm chasing yeah dude it was pretty nuts what kind of storms well, uh, in particular, I was looking for like supercells, so like these like wild thunderstorms that kind of look like these alien spaceships that are like pull, like so much inertia, so much energy, kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch anything good, dude? Okay, so like I don't know, man. Like I'm always of the mentality of the mindset that like you just like send it into the abyss and see what you can find. But storm chasing, man, is really technical. You spend 10 hours a day driving to like try and put yourself in the right area where you can like quest and then drive like five more hours to get to the end of this storm and then like get to a point where you can shoot it. And it's like technically challenging. Dang. Were you by yourself? Yeah, for most of it. Yeah. Dang. That's epic. It's pretty wild. Those, it's, it's pretty it's, humbling, it, I would say. Storm, yeah. Storms are like pretty, pretty nuts. I bet it's such a Midwest, it's such a Midwest thing. I wish we, I mean, obviously we get storms on the West coast, yeah. but nothing like, I feel like anytime you see like one of those crazy, trippy, heavy clouds, big sky, lightning, it's always somewhere in the Midwest. It's, it's nuts, dude. It's wild. It's just like the mountains. The mountains are kind of the divider into the, into that space. 
that they're scary too. Like that's the oh yeah my <laughs> the first time I'm like used to like a PNW storm, and the first time I was like in the Midwest no. for a storm, I was literally like roads are flooding. It's just like everything's shaking. It feels like an earthquake, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is the earth. See, there's my van is huge, and there was a couple times where I. Felt like I was like lifting off the ground as I was like driving. Just chasing the storm. Yeah. Have you seen Twister? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> OG dude. OG. Yeah. Were you having some Twister moments while you were cruising? Dude, so I know I, I didn't find any tornadoes. Okay. I was like looking more for like the supercells yeah. and like the alien kind of spaceship kind of formation. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Kyler, I think a, a, a really rad place to start would be to talk about how you got into this whole space of storytelling. It's always so interesting to hear people's backstories, and I think that's like a great place to, to start before we launch into uh, all the amazing projects and things you're working on. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. So the place of origin, the place of birth? Yeah, the origin story. <laughs> okay. The origin story. So dude, uh, I think it really begins for me in in high school okay and you know like i know like most kids growing up i had no idea what i wanted to do but all i knew i wanted all i knew is i wanted to go on adventures and like whatever form that took i was down so like in the beginning kind of uh it evolved in many ways but i had a lot of opportunities in high school kind of subtly cued me in and that's like filmmaking opportunities like i went to 80 to help with after earthquakes and I uh, literally had no idea what I was doing down there, but they like handed me a camera. And I was like, for like a month, I was like in the thick of it documenting like these Haitian like guys, volunteer efforts to kind of help uh, the people in the situation there. And then like, there's so many examples of situations like that. But there's one moment in particular that always like calls from my heart. And um, that moment was, <laughs> so, I had no idea what I was doing at high school, group, but I just knew that I wanted to take photos and go on adventures. So I kind of just did that. I just started going on adventures and traveling and like living for like no money in like, like Southeast Asia and then working random jobs. But there was this there was this moment where I uh, had my mom's old like shitty like point and shoot camera that was like forty dollar camera, uh-huh. and I was I was on four, the fourth day of this trek to the top of this volcano in Indonesia. And I like I was like learning the ways of photography and like up to this point like I hadn't captured anything that's truly blown me away yet. And uh, so I like so I quested to the top of this volcano for sunrise. And I got there like two hours too early. So I'm like sick, I'm like shivering myself. And like well, Indonesia sounds warm to but like thirteen thousand feet can be so cold. So I was like sitting on top of this volcano, like in the dark, waiting for the light to come and I remember the the sun was gently rising above the horizon, and at that exact moment, I like whipped out my camera, and this character walked out. They walked up onto this ledge, and I and I whipped my camera out. My hands were shaking. I literally couldn't press the button. It was so cold. <laughs> and then I like I pressed it, and the dude was like looking out onto this like most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen. And then I looked down at the camera, and I looked up, and I looked down, and I looked up. And that was the moment I realized the power of photography. Wow. Okay. That, that. Dude, that's such an amazing, that's such an amazing story. Um, so it sounds like you, I mean, obviously you've done a, a ton of traveling 
And I'm curious, you know, with all the traveling that you have under your belt, you know, travel is a phenomenal teacher. And so I'm curious, you know, what would you say are the three biggest uh, learning experiences or, or the big, the three biggest teachings you've had thus far in your life with all the travel you've done? In particularly with, like, with traveling? Yeah, with traveling. Damn. That's a good question. Three nuggets of wisdom from traveling the world. Man, I, I, for me, I, all of my favorite moments in life and all my favorite moments of traveling are always the ones where I am connecting with people, connecting with people out in that space, out in that world. And they're just the human connections for me will like always be what I what I love and miss the most. Dope. That's that's, that's one. <laughs> that's so good. And I don't know, yeah, like, I mean all my favorite memories from traveling always come from like the most remote villages and like playing with kids, just like these beautiful interactions with these beautiful characters and all that I'm cheering up thinking about these like memories. Human connection. The human connection for me will always will always be the most important thing. And you, you, I mean, you can see it in your, I think that's probably my, my favorite thing about your storytelling is that you can feel the human connection so strongly through your imagery and it hits you in your heart. It's not like, wow, this is, this is the most cinematic, beautiful thing ever. It hits you in your, it's like emotional. It's like, this yeah. is beautiful. And I want, like, I want to go out in the world every day and, and, and strive to have these types of interactions. Like that's yeah. what I, you know, that's what people want. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Okay. It's so funny you say that though, because like, so I have so many stories like on jobs where we're like in the most epic zone with the most epic tourism board and the light, the sunset is banger. And they're like, everyone is shooting this girl. And then, like, I'm literally, like, running away with this old dude on a kayak. And we're, like, going out to the <laughs> yeah. with his grandson. And then oh, they're all, like, but the model. And I'm, like, are you kidding me? Look at this old dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I just want to, like, play with the old dude and play with the kids and, like, play, man. Like, I don't know, man. For me, play is, like, the most important thing. Yeah. How do you, how do you like, to what Prince was saying, that your storytelling and like you can tell that there's like a connection with the people when you approach those moments do you start like with your camera or do you just like take time and like talk oh, dude, to people no way. okay <laughs> the camera's like away dude i like need time dude like i will like it's like it was a really good example i was in madagascar on this remote tree planting assignment and uh there was like two people there shooting me and the me and the photographer and we had four days in this village that literally the only way you could access it was 14 days by walking. Jeez. That's crazy. So we were, yeah, we were living out of this helicopter traveling around Madagascar and we had four days in this village. And I remember for the first day entirely, I literally didn't even have my camera out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a, uh, I think that's an interesting like note for photographers. I see a lot of people like when they travel, they're like, their cameras like their it almost becomes like a barrier between like human connection with people and they like kind of wear it for like safety especially people who are like yeah. traveling they're like safety and there's other people who come into a new environment cameras in their bag and they're just like i want hugs from everybody like let's hang yeah, dude, the camera's not even the bag the camera's on the boat for me yeah <laughs> like i am like playing dude. like i want to play soccer i want to like play with kids i want to like do yeah. all of the things and then kind of 
come back to that relationship, come back to that moment and have like a, a connection that goes beyond the camera, beyond just like me taking a photo. Yeah. And I think that I, honestly, I think that's what like separates like someone who's telling great stories from like the people that are capturing the bangers. It's like the banger people. It's like a very transactional experience I from, from watching it from the outside. It's very transactional. Yeah. They're like, I'm gonna take this photo. But then, like, when you get when you immerse yourself in the world, I feel like you bring a viewer along with you. And then you're like, hey, like on both sides, you're like bridging, like bridging the gap between the the person in the other country or the person that you're that you're seeing and the viewer. And I think that's just a much more like authentic way to tell those stories. Yeah, I mean, like speaking to that man, human. I mean, storytelling is the most human thing that you can do. Hmm. You know, like you're just in that moment sharing this beautiful moment and just the camera happens to capture what's happening. Yeah. So when you're going into these environments, I'm curious to what your workflow is like, like your most recent. So like the most recent video on your YouTube is a video in Indonesia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful one. Dude, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, so beautiful, so heart, so warm. Yeah, so warm and just so just uh, the connectivity in that video is just beautiful. I'm curious what your workflow looks like on a project like that. Like, are you coming into these these stories that you're creating with? Uh, and obviously, mate, that's probably a lot different than like the documentary that you shot, right? Bridging, you know, yeah. Mexico and USA together. So I imagine those processes look different, but maybe it's a great time to talk about how you go about the process for each of those and how they're different. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a lot of travel content out there. You know, there's a lot of people making travel content. It's sick to like go on adventures and travel. So like, right. it's so dope. And my kind of mindset going into those is just to capture capture just the moments along the way, you know? And, like, just have the most epic adventures possible and, like, focus on having the best possible, like, mission and, like, going on the sickest quest and rappelling into a 400-foot cave and, like, light beams everywhere and then, like, characters and, like, just meeting people and connecting with the, the people of that land. Specifically for a tourism project, because you want to show a diverse amount of of, of visuals, of characters, of stories, mm-hmm. and that is kind of more of a experience perspective, right? Versus like versus like a, a documentary kind of project where you spend a little bit more time conceptualizing, really thinking about and expanding on like the psyche of like where you want or what you want the story to be, right? On on the tourism type shot, like the tourism type videos. Um, totally understand like wanting to experience everything and, and having fun and playing and finding all the sweet spots. How much pre-production work goes into those things? Like, are you scouting all these locations beforehand? Are you kind of more of just go with the flow type of guy and you just want to meet the locals and, and figure it out and you're just cramming as much as you can into every day or how does that process look? Mm. I think you want to give yourself the time to, to learn about the space around you. And a lot of that comes from like preconception and like like research and like understanding where you're going and like just having ideas and like even just like having like the, the wildest thought and be like, dude, what if we did this, you know? Right. And like 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 trying to find like ways to take take these beautiful places and capture them in the most beautifully authentic way is kind of like you know the mission with that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like it, there's a lot of thought to go beforehand, you know. Like you're researching, you're like assembling the right team how you want the characters to kind of feel, what you want them to do, and, like, how things are going to flow and edit and 
yeah, there's a lot of preconceptionization and thought that goes into that. I love that. What's what's life on the road like? I know you're mobbing around the U.S. You're in your van. Uh, I know you're connecting with guys all the time. I saw you with Quinn, you know, not too long ago, bombing on the beach on the one wheels and uh, Quinn's the homie. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm curious, like what's, what's life uh, on the road like with, you know, or what's life on the road been like recently for you? Yeah. Well, dude, honestly, it's kind of been wild. <laughs> so like, I think you guys know, man, but like, you know, the world is under a pandemic right now and we're like, almost out on the other side, but still there's a lot of chaos. But um, yeah, I, I converted this van like two years ago now. So I've been living in this van for that entire two years, which has been really cool. And before that I lived in like a truck, which is a lot less luxurious. And before that I was in a backpack. So like the transition is kind of a bit like, you know, backpack to Taj Mahal. I love it. <laughs> But traveling on the road, man, it's been a really interesting time to explore self in that way and explore, like, how you respond to these, these extreme and conflicting environments, you know, and this conflicting mm-hmm. moment of history and time. Hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of time, like, with yourself, which I feel like is scary for a lot of people. But, like, just driving yeah. on the road and just, like, obviously you get to connect and hang with friends and stuff, like, all over, but also there's these, like, in-between times where it's, like, Silence. What's that oh, like? Oh yeah, there's a lot of silence. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned in silence, man. What have you learned I about yourself? This, I was once in this cave. I was in this cave in Utah, and I was with uh, my buddy Renan, and we were deep inside of this, like, like what's what's called a. It's like a it's like a sacred cave from the Native American times, and we climbed down this ladder, and we were inside of this cave, and I remember we were only whispering at the time. And then all of a sudden we both like closed our eyes and there was no light. It was pitch dark in the cave. And when we, about 10 minutes later, we both like sat in this space, sat in this mm-hmm. silence. And when we opened our eyes, there was this light beam coming from the, coming from the roof what? of the cave. It's so beautiful. And it was hitting, it was hitting Renan in like the chest and he couldn't see it. And I like looked to him at that point and I go, and I like look at your chest and he looks down. And the light, when he looks down, the light goes and like explodes out of his chest. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we started like dancing in the light. It felt like in Interstellar, you know how they're like playing with time? Yeah. Like their fingers like moving through time. So for like what felt like three hours, we were literally just like transcending time playing with this light. And I say this because the whole time it was silent. There's no speaking, there's no talking. We were just like in this light, in this time, in this moment. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, I love that. That sounds, I feel like I was there with you. I feel like you were too. Next time. Yeah. But yeah, man, there's a lot to be learned in silence. Yeah. I think a lot of, like our instinct, a lot of the time is to fill the silence. And I noticed like, just from, just from talking with you and seeing your stuff, you you kind of like highlight those spaces in between. And I almost feel like there's like this very subtle beauty in that, that we forget about. It's not always like, just like you were saying, it's not always the sunset. It's not always the thing that everyone's focusing on. Sometimes you remember like the drive to the, to the destination more than the destination mm-hmm. itself. And you forget. Yeah, man. The, the moments it, in between. Yeah. It's beautiful. The moments in between. Yeah. 
so, so I'm curious, what, what is something, what, if you'd like to share, what's one thing that you didn't, that you've recently learned about yourself that you didn't maybe know prior, uh, since being out alone over the last two years and specifically, you know, during the, the time of the pandemic and, and all the recent events. You want kind of a heavy story? Yeah. Okay. So right, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I was, uh, I was down in the Redwoods, mm-hmm. uh, between California and Oregon and we, me and my cousin, we were out of service for like the week leading up to like the lockdowns and all of a sudden we are, we're, we're like exploring around, we're like mountain biking, we're like hiking, we're, we're just having fun and then every road starts to close. Wow. Every campground starts to close, everything starts to close and we don't have service so we're like, what is going on in the world? Like why is everything closing down on us? And we, we drive to service and like we see that the world is on fire. We see that the world is entirely like becoming like caving itself in and like locking down. And we, I, I kind of didn't know how to respond to that, how to reflect to that. So naturally we, we went to the Redwoods yeah. and uh, I crawled inside of this dead tree, like this carcass of a, of a Redwood. And we, for what felt like hours, we kind of like sat in what felt like death and kind of had conversations around death and all the forms of death and kind of explored what that other side of life meant to us and like in our lives. And in that kind of moment, I reflected a lot on like what, what death means and like what, you know, what something like a virus can mean in today's world. And I think I learned a lot from that. That's, dude, that's, that's wild. That had to have been such a just unique experience that you'll never forget coming out of it, coming out of a vacuum basically. And then realizing like, Oh my gosh, like there's all this stuff going on in the world. I mean, I had a buddy similar thing where he was, he was like out in the desert meditating for like two weeks or something and then came home and was just like, what, like what the hell (laughs) like went down. Um, Did you Not think- to get too trippy, man, but we were in when we were inside there. Uh, it felt like I'd gone through different realms of death, like all these different realms of death, and kind of experienced just within my mind, like what it meant to die. Hmm. And I was kind of augmented by the world, the state of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's a trip. Did you think that you were coming back to like a zombie apocalypse, like when everything started <laughs> Dude, shutting down? I remember I pulled into an RV park to, to, to get some water, and the lady came at me with a broom. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was, like, chasing me out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that so, was wild. Do you have a favorite, uh, like, so van lifing, or whatever you want to call it, nomading, do you have a favorite place to be, to exist, like, in the U.S.? Mmm. Mmm. And I, I think that the place is so dependent upon the, the the moment, the humans, the humans in that moment, the connections in that moment, you know? Yeah. And I, I've been finding a lot of, of meaning in that lately, like more than, more than like the places, the human connections and like the, the way you, I don't know, interact with them, you know, in that space. Yeah. I personally kind of move between, in the van, between like the Northwest, Utah, kind of Colorado kind of zones, mm-hmm. depending on the seasons. And I found a lot of magic in kind of like that path, that nomadic path. Yeah. 
I feel like those are places yeah. too where a lot of like nomads kind of end up anyway. So you probably oh, dude, the tribe, bro, the tribe is so <laughs> strong. Yeah, yeah. I actually just got back to Oregon like two days ago, dude. And I told him so. I my all my stuff is in my teepee here, and uh, I got like told him to follow the teepee was, and all of a sudden dude, it was like the most epic gathering of like bands and homies and just like good times. And I had like thirty bands on this property, and it was yeah. The tribe is so beautiful, man. That's sick. That's epic. It's such like a like-minded career. And like what's crazy, bro, is like I can't hold it. And there was like these 30 bands and all this stuff. Dude, like five hours later, we were like sitting beneath the waterfall. And then we like were skating down this road. Dude, this like perfect road here in the Northwest, man. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Where, where are you at in life uh, as far as like balance goes? You know, I know a lot of people in the space that do these things. And some people are just all about having a good time and they just want to make a little bit of money here and there, just enough to get by. Some people are more about the business. Some people have a, a good balance in between. Um, yeah. Where are you? Where are you currently at? You know, on that That's scale. A good question. I wish I knew, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that answers the question in itself, right? Yeah. So, dude, um, balance has always been a hard thing for me. Because I know we were going to chat about some business stuff at one point, like a while back, and we never ended up. Oh yeah, yeah chatting but you had there was some question you had asked something on instagram i think yeah well dude i mean i think that you know in particular the business like i'm kind of just making it up as i go mm-hmm. you know and i think that most people are to be for honest, sure most the most successful people i know are kind of just like winging it yeah mm-hmm. and you know you, you make plans and you you try and make those happen but like in reality the yeah, I'm still, I'm still learning how to do this, man. I'm still learning how to do everything. So, so what does your business look like right now? Like, how do you support yourself on the road? Mm, my, my favorite assignments. I know you sell mad presets. Remote lands, like with the. I mean, just, I'm just like trying to find beautiful experiences, man. Yeah, it. Yeah, and like just trying to find like beautiful moments and capture those moments and like. That sometimes that means it's like a passion project in a wild land, or sometimes that means it's like a, a commercial project. Like I'm going to Sudan next week, mm-hmm. and we're 3D mapping this archaeological site in these pyramids in the middle of the Sahara. That sounds yeah. epic. And then it's, sick. And it's like it's built into Google Maps, so basically you can like come in and you can explore. Uh, you can explore around these pyramids. And we're like documenting the process of mapping that space. That's sick. So that that's a Google project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that part of Google. That's sick. So is that gonna is that like is that something Google's actively working on? Is like these Google Map experiences? Yeah. Well, dude, we did one. We did one for Petra like four years ago. Uh huh. And I think this is an interesting nugget, man, because that was my first ever job. Sick. Which was pretty wild. Yeah. Like, I go from like not knowing what I'm doing at all to like a homie calling me and he's like, Hey man, do you want to go to Jordan next week? Can't tell you who the client is, but it's like nine days of two days. It'll be super epic. Okay. So we, we kind of sent it. We sent it like, I did like, yeah, yeah. That project in particular was super epic because we had the queen of the country producing the project. Oh wow. (laughs) So we had this little piece of paper that gave us unlimited permission to go anywhere we wanted to go. Did you guys, did you guys take advantage of that? Oh, dude, I, I, it was like the most wild. Like, I'm not, I don't really like, I'm not into history or archaeology or anything like that. But dude, Petra is the most wildly beautiful place, man. It's, it's magic. 
So like having the, having the ability to explore around that was pretty wild. That's sick, DJ. Are you going? Aren't you going, yeah. Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to Jordan in September. Oh, sick! Yeah. I mean, he didn't get an invite from the Queen, but yeah, it's not the same. But <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's sick though, man. That'll be fun, man. Yeah. We brought our skateboards to Petra around. Everyone was losing their minds. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to bring one. Like in a good way, where they like, like, what is I'm that? I'm just not used to it. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. We were just like riding around, just like in in, uh, in the capital and like in the city. And in Petra, we had our skateboards too. And obviously, it's dirt, you know, the ground all around Petra, but like the, the city around us, it's dude. I love skating in faraway lands. Yeah, do it really quick. I have a funny story about skating. You want to hear it? Heck yeah, yeah bro. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so I don't remember where I was. I think it was uh, Nepal or Bhutan, right? And um, I have my skateboard with me, dude. And I'm like approaching a, like the you know the visa the visa terminals where they stamp your passport. Uh-huh. And I'm like like in the line and I'm like approaching them and I get to the front of the line and the dude looks at me and he's super somber and super serious and he points to me and he puts his hand up and he's like no stop right and he's like stop right and then he gets all of the visa agents like there's like twelve of them to stop what they're doing and they all come to him and they're all looking at me and they all they go from stop and they go come right. And then I come to walk forward and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and they like, they like mime skateboarding. <laughs> and then I literally get on the skateboard and all of a sudden cheers erupt. Oh my <laughs> they start crying. And they literally didn't even stamp my passport because they were so excited about the skateboard. So like, they like, they like five of them tried it. They like pushed me. They were like stoked. And then dude, I like, hand, I like got on my skateboard and hand stood it. Like, I hands it for like a hundred feet, and dude, I've literally ever heard so much rocket. <laughs> that is tough, bro. It was like mind blowing. The like the Messiah has arrived. <laughs> Skate, <laughs> Skate Jesus is here. <laughs> These got the most. Hold on. So for those of you that don't know, we had some technical difficulties because Kyler is out in the middle of nowhere, uh, <laughs> and so the the service that we normally use didn't work but we're we're talking to kyler on viera's cell phone on facetime and, re- and recording the audio through the mic and viera's phone is active like, sh- <laughs> like- <laughs> i just want to know it's normally not active i'm just trying to plan all those dms are just sliding Friday. in <laughs> i'm just glad we're not on djs yeah. he gets all the dms oh <laughs> i'm just kidding oh he's uh he's quite the baseball player um but so <laughs> that's wild. I love that. I love that skateboards have that. I got to start taking my skateboard with me now when I travel. I never realized yeah. that it was, it was. Dude, a- can I tell you guys something else? Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite things that I've like learned to travel with is, is uh, on this assignment in Senegal, uh, Polaroid gave me this, this Florida and um, I'd never traveled with a Polaroid before and like I'd never even used one. And I, I was blown away the power of like a tangible photograph can give. Because on these assignments, you're like for me, like I'm, I'm shooting a lot, I'm like playing a lot, I'm like helping the tree planting, helping whatever it is. But it's all for me. It's all for the client. It's all for the and like they're they're you know they're a part of it. But like like the tangible gift of a Polaroid like absolutely has blown me away, man. Like. I mean, you're kind of a wild story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was in Senegal on this tree planting village, 
And this lady comes up to me and she's like sweating profusely and like dripping and she's carrying a baby. And uh, she comes up to me and she hands me the baby. And I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna play with the baby. And she like, and she's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, give her back the baby. And then she hands me the baby again. And then, and then I'm like, start playing with it. She's like, no, 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 no. And then she started trying to mind to me in Senegalese. And then um, this girl comes up and shows me her Polaroid. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, but why is she sweating? But why is this so intense, right? <laughs> and uh, so then I, I like with the Polaroid up and I go to take a photo of her baby. And then she just goes, she puts her arms out so only the baby is in frame. And I take the Polaroid and she, she takes it. She gives me like the most loving, warm hug I think I might have ever gotten in my life. And then walks away. And three days later, the translator comes back, and I like I was like, "Hey, what, what was what happened with that girl?" And um, he he asked the the girl who showed me the Polaroid, and she he goes, "Oh yeah, she walked for two days because she heard that somebody was giving out pictures, and she had never wow. had a photo of her child." That's insane. She never had a photo of her baby. That's so beautiful. That's like that's a different type of hospitality, right? Like it extends yeah. outside of the home and carrying a Polaroid with you is such a special gift. Like whether you've never had a photo taken or you have had photos, I think just being able, it's such a gift. It's such a, uh, an instant, beautiful, amazing gift to just be able to give you Polaroids. Um, it really is. It's powerful. Like that the, story the, is like, powerful. I mean, that kind of story demonstrates like how powerful a photo, a photo can be. Right. Yeah, because we tend to think of it as like a cheap thing because it's so available yeah. to us to quickly just take a photo. But that means you want to buy a bunch of polar cameras and just I'm, I'm all at my at my birthday party. I still need to get the photos developed. But at my birthday party, um, I had only I told everyone they couldn't be on their phones, and so no one was on their phones, <laughs> which was which was rad. Like they took it seriously. Like the next door, I'm like, the next day, I'm like, oh, yo, who took photos last night? Like. No one we were afraid to be on our phones because yeah. you just—I <laughs> was like, "Sick!" It's like I'll kick you out if you're on your phone. Yeah, but I had, yeah. but I had like, I had like four or five point and shoot cameras, and they're all full. And I'm like, "Sick!" Oh, so, so we got a bunch of, yeah, we got a bunch of point and shoot yeah, photos. Disposables, then. Dude, yeah. disposables are sick. Uh, I went to a buddy's wedding with the Polaroid and like did it up, and that was a blast. And so I'm, I'm all about it. Um, That's awesome. Man. So, how do these? So like the Polaroid, the Google, how do these deals, like how do these deals come together for you? Are you like actively pursuing these things? Or are you just doing, are you just living your life and doing your thing? And you're just, you're just falling into play with, with these deals, yeah. whether it's through friends well, or the brands. Or- balance. And I, and I think that the finding those is like, you know, because dude, like, don't get me wrong. It's a hustle, dude. It's a grind. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes that no one will ever see or care about. Like I've been editing for like, Four days straight in the mountains, you know, and it's like I'm not being paid for any of this editing, so it's like I'm like cranking away, trying to create and create and create. So it's like the, the hustle never stops. But kind of how I always approached it is like to start with a simple idea and then continue just to expand and expand. And like the the Sudan farm is a perfect example because I'm going to Sudan with with Google. And then after that, I'm helping, I'm going to, to Kenya actually to help Chelsea with the project. Oh, cool. Sick. Yeah, we're working on an anti-poaching story with this all-women unit. 
And those two kind of build off each other. And then I might also go tree planting in Tanzania. And then, like, I don't know, like, you, like, take it, use the opportunities that you have to, to expand and grow beyond that, that opportunity, you know? I love that. Yeah, that's always been kind of did you have something, uh, DJ, when we first started talking, uh, or like when we were doing the pre-conversation, yeah. I feel like you had something specific that you wanted to bring up. Well, I was just curious about like storytelling, like how do you, I, I think we covered some of that, like, like with cr- like experiencing human moments first and then trying to capture them. But like when you're putting it all together, like what is that process like for you? I think a really good example of that is the the documentary I made last year or yeah. the year before. Which is sick. Give um, give give people a quick overview of the doc. The document is okay, the yeah, document is well, really dope. We just rewatched really it too. Bios, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, more or less, it was about right like the the border walls going up and there's a lot of, of of talk about disconnect and so you guys basically created a documentary that was kind of like outside of politics but more about just like we are people and we are one and you guys basically had mexico united the the mexican border and the u.s border through a slack line mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like basically to, to sum it up this was like in the heaviest part of the of the border shutdown Trump's wall was like, you know, yep. the beating topic was trending everywhere. And we we were kind of thinking about how, I don't know, how heavy that is and how, like, you know, I mean, like, just, like, the families and all the people that have been affected by that. And my my good friend and Corbin came to me and he's like, yeah, I have an idea. And I don't think it's possible, but I want to try. And... Basically, he said he wanted to he wanted to connect our two countries with a slack line, and immediately my mind started running a thousand miles an hour. So, the significance of something so simple and powerful. So, from the moment of that conversation to getting in the car and driving, it was like it was like seventy two hours. Wow! So, we during that seventy two hours, we're assembling a team in the U.S. So we had to assemble like a whole crew of slackliners as well as cinematographers in the U.S. And then we had a crew in Mexico. So the crew in Mexico was wild. At one point we called, they called us, they had 16 people ready to go. 16? <laughs> yeah, dude, we were like, oh, we did like four, right? <laughs> and, uh, so we like basically like, we drove from Oregon and they drove from all over Mexico. They picked up people all over Mexico and we met at the convergence of the river. And we we paddled like 30 miles down rivers together. And that alone was the most beautiful thing because it's like connecting like this this river is what divides the countries like geographically. And it also signifies a lot heavily politics and just so much that strife that has been caused over hundreds of years. Hmm. So to connect with this Mexican crew and paddle down the river alone was so beautiful. Yeah. And one side note, not a single one of them had ever been on a river before. I do. I noticed yeah. there, that was that part in the video where you guys were like, Oh my gosh, they showed up in like $15 rafts. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm a... I felt so bad, dude. And like <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, I did document uh, their, their rafts. I had this really like, like cinematic perspective right back to like two teams coming together and the paddling together with super beautiful lens flares, right? <laughs> but that is not the reality, man. Yeah. 
The reality is that we got our canoes 15 minutes from the border, and they had to drive four hours out of the way to pick up shitty Walmart rice. Yeah. But regardless of that, man, they're stoked. They were, they were my, they were like having the best times of their life. They, they literally had to unload their rafts every hour to like to <laughs> get water out to like kill it. And they were like every time they were like dancing and there was like so much happiness going around and like we're like in our perfect canoes like with no problems at all. Yeah, was that you and the Oru, the Oru kayak? Yeah, no, 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 we don't do that. Yeah, there was one of them. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it was just so funny, man. It was just so wild. Man. I did, I really didn't want to show that discrepancy, but the beauty of which they, the, the just the, their happiness in that experience, their stoke of that experience was like so powerful, so simple. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched, what's your, is your, I mean, just Kyler Melton, right, on YouTube? Like, if they just went to YouTube and yeah, searched yeah, that, yeah. you'll pop up. You guys got to check out. Yeah, so that film's called The Imaginary Line. Check out Kyler's it has YouTube. These two, the, all the imaginary things in our friends that kind of define us, that define our lives, that define who we are as, as a culture, as a society. And this is a simple, the simplest story about connecting those two countries with a rope, basically. Yeah. I think my favorite part was like after the rope had been set and everything's done and it kind of was feeling like it was coming to a close and then I don't know who the host was but they were like oh yeah let's just like hang out on this line for a minute and to me that was like the oh, moment yeah. where I was like all right that's like really driving the point home Dude, I was, like, I was tears were streaming down my eyes when I was following the drone yeah. I remember one hit the remote <laughs> It was so beautiful, man. That's when you need that first that that FPV view yeah. of you, just the the, 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 cinema, yeah. the, the cinematic <laughs> shot yeah, of the tear just right. dropping. Yeah, that's so epic. Um, so what are you? So what are you most excited about right now, bro? In life, mm, man, that's a good question. Man, I'm like eternally learning to tap into flow around me. Mm. And like trying to be present and like to, to be so immersed in a moment that like you're, it's, you just get lost in it. So I've been trying to do that. I love that. that what? <laughs> I'm all about, I'm all about flow. And I feel like we, we kind of talk about that a lot on the podcast and, 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 and many, I think it takes many forms, but what have you, what has been your experience with tapping into flow and, and what are some of the differences you've noticed uh, as far as like when you're in flow versus when you're not in flow. Yeah. And then for me, I, I just want to be so immersed in, in all the elements and all the facets of life that it kind of, it consumes everything. And like flow, not in just like a, like a, like a, you know, dancing kind of like high, kind of super general kind of things, but like flow in all capacities, flow in like relationships, flow in like, you know, like the way you interact with someone like friends and family and like, finding that has been like a really interesting balance for me. Yeah. And like in business too, of like projects kind of making sense and kind of stoke and the beauty arising in all that kind of ways. It's kind of the flow I've been trying to tap into in, in all facets. Hmm. Mm. It's easiest to, to think about it from like an adrenaline perspective or like I got fire dance a lot. So I've been like doing a lot of like <laughs> fire flow, which is, which is really kind of wild to be so immersed in something that's so, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, I've also been finding a lot of uh, a lot of beauty in my handstand practice lately. A lot of what? In my handstand practice. Oh, sick. Yeah, dude. I just like learning to hone the body into a point where it's just so refined. 
the the flow is it's super interesting because like fire dancing can be considered extremely dangerous but it's only dangerous if you're not present and in flow the moment you like leave that present state and that flow like that's when these these weird anomalies and these things happen but when you're in and that's kind of life like when you're in flow and you're in your present it's it's i almost can i almost explain it for me like through experience it's like i'm i'm picking up so much more data like there's so much more information Like, yeah, wh- whether I'm getting like someone's talking to me and if I'm present and in flow, I'm picking up like on way, I'm going way deeper than what they're saying. Like I'm picking up on the emotion, yeah. the feeling where they're at versus not being present with someone. And it's just like, kind of just like words, you know, go, flying <laughs> over your head. Uh, yeah. And so it's super cool to hear you, you know, tapping into that and tuning into that. And I think, I think a lot of people are are going through that experience because i think we're all yearning back to the people thing i think we're all yearning for that deeper connection because we live in such a fast-paced uh disconnected life with social media and everything's just like so beep beep everything's shallow everything's so shallow so we're looking for deeper connectivity in all things that we do a friend a friend recently asked me this question i think it might be a good question to ask is uh if you were to measure quality of your life in one metric what would that metric be I would abs- I'd have to say uh, uh, presence. Mm, I can't, I can't, I feel like if, if I, if I'm present, my life, life's good. Like anytime I'm just like present in the moment, I'm letting go of the past and letting go of the future. And I'm just here all is well. There's nothing bad. There's nothing like I'm in my office with people that, with my team, people that I love. I got you on the, on the television. We're having a great conversation where I've been smiling and laughing this whole time. Uh, and so yeah. for me, I think, presence would be that metric but that's a beautiful question that is a really good question what about you well so my answer is the one we just spoke of yeah it's slow yeah mm. yeah i and would say in all, in all i would say connection for me connection yeah okay. like connecting, just like with a lot with like different people but just like having you know there's like a moment in a conversation or like when you go somewhere else you like meet somebody and like you have your introduction, but then there's like that next layer that like happens at some point. And I think like having either a lot of those or like depth of that with specific people, I think just but just like across the board, just like connection as a whole. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good, presence, connection. Yeah. What about you? Honestly, I feel like it's a mixture of all because all those kind of flow together. For sure. Flow together, but um. <laughs> Because I notice I have a tendency to kind of get ahead in my brain. So I'll start thinking about, oh, I have to do this, this, that. But if I am truly present, I don't I don't let that affect what's happening in the moment, which allows you to connect more, be in flow. But when I get out a step of being where my feet are, that's yeah. when havoc comes. <laughs> it's a trip. I might even almost say faith. Because it's like if, it's, 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 if faith was the metric then I feel like everything else would fall in line because if, 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 if faith was the metric, then fear and all these other things would kind of fall by the wayside. And without all those things like fear, fear ruins, I think a lot of connectivity in, in conversation, whether it's fear of, you know, you're thinking about how you need to make more money or you're going to be late or whatever nonsense is going on in your head, but it's going to disconnect. It's going to ruin that. Yeah. It's, it's going to, I should say it's going to bring down the value of that signal during that communication. Mm. And so faith how might even go with that fear. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question to ask. 
Yeah. I think more, more, <laughs> more love. Like fear, fear. I feel like they're like opposing. Like if you're talking about just how to let go, I really think just like loving, being present, like all of that stuff. You don't have time to think about that when you're here. Like it's only when you go in the past or you go in the future that you can like that 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 stuff starts to like stir up. But when you're yep. here, and like especially when you're like locked in with somebody, it's like you're not thinking about oh like do I have something on my face or like is this weird? Especially. I've been thinking about this a lot, like the importance of traveling to other countries and experiencing like other cultures, like they just have such a different framework for how they think about stuff. Like, for example, like in Africa, like everybody's like three hours late for everything. But like, but it's like so beautiful when you're like walking down the street, like the kids will just like, they all just come up and they're like, cool, where are we going? Or like (laughs) you get into a conversation with somebody or they're like, hey, my goat's sick. Like I need a ride or like whatever. It's like your whole day just like starts to fill up with all of these like things, but it's like everything is connecting with people. Or another example is like you wave. So like, let's say that there's like a group of people and you like wave at them. And even though like everyone will wave back. And I noticed that when, when I came back to the States, I like landed in LA. This was just recently. And like, oh, I was, did you wave at somebody? Oh yeah, I waved at somebody, <laughs> and like they were like, "What?" And like, even in Africa, like you wave, and literally, like if you were in a store, the whole store would be like, everyone just excited to wave, and they're like just stoked. And even yeah. if it's the wrong person, it literally doesn't matter. And here, it's, it's so like funny. people lo- are looking around and be like, "Are you waving at me?" Because they don't want to look dumb. But like in Africa, they're like, "Heck yeah!" Like, "What's up, dude?" And they're just stoked. Well, it's wild yeah. how, like, it almost feels like that curiosity in a lot of ways is kind of beaten out of us, yeah. you know, in our, in our society and our culture. And, like, I mean, this, a wave is a perfect example. Like, you wave at a little kid, the little kid's going to wave back, you know, but, like, you wave at a cute girl, then left your vibing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, so, like, yeah, it's a, I think curiosity is a really important thing to nourish, and curiosity and play can be such beautiful parts and facets of life. Yeah. I was just going to say that reminded me of in Uganda. I spent some time, like four weeks there, and I tripped at one point, and the family I was staying with, they were like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And my immediate reaction was like, oh, no, you're good. Like, you didn't do that to me. That was me. And then it happened other times. Like, I burnt myself, and they just immediately, I'm sorry. And then when I came back to the States, I someone tripped in my immediate reaction because it's, I just think it's so sweet because you care. You're like, I'm sorry that that just happened to you. Yeah. I said that and people are like, what? Yeah. Why would you? No. you know, it's just funny. I love to that. Me. It's like, we need to care more. Yeah. Love For more. sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Back to your, your point on fear. You know, I think, I think the long-term solution to, to handling fear is, is, is having more faith. And I think that, you know, whatever you believe in, I think it's important to, to have uh, to believe in something that's much larger than us, because I think that's how we we all get through a lot of this fear and, and these various things. But I think that's like a long term solution. But I think in a, in a short term solution, how do you get over fear? I think is letting go. So like in the moment, if you're trying to connect with someone but you can't because you're you're thinking about all these things, to become to to, to reach that state of presence and to really connect with someone, you just have to let go of the things that are outside of the moment. Tune into the moment and just and just let every let like let everything else almost just like drop, and I think you can do that through like being there, taking a few breaths and like focusing on what all these things and then just like dropping them 
on an XL mm. and just like, and then tune in, you know, to tune, yeah. tune the attention to whatever the, whether it's the place, the person, whatever it may be. Yeah. I've been learning a lot with breath too, man. Yeah. It's all about it's the, it's all about the breath. breath. We, breath our, is our, how our, we interact with every moment. You know, it's like how we, how we see each moment is defined by the way we breathe through it. Absolutely. And that's why when you get excited, you're, you're, what changes? Your heart rate and your breath. You get scared, mm. heart rate and breath. You, you're fearful, heart rate and breath. You're happy. So how do you slow that down? Heart rate and breath. So if you can tune into your breath, then you can, you can, you can reach these different states that allow you to, to tune in and be you know, much more present. I think that's a good mm. skill. And that's super cool to hear that you're, you're working on that. I feel that, brother. I'm super into cold water. Yeah, that's life. Well, I so mean, like, that's the, the peak of breath. That's life, though, right? Have you have you yeah. have you gotten in the cold water and then have you had that moment where your breath, tour, you're literally one with the water. You're no longer like feel like you're working to breathe. You're just kind of like in flow. It's freezing, but yeah. you are like totally. I'm just one with the water, and you feel like this resonance. Mm-hmm. Dude, I feel that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that so much. I want to hear about what got you into painting. Oh, Because I, I okay. think I saw, it wasn't, so, yeah, a so time-lapse like, on your story. To go about, into that really quick, I've yeah. been getting super into acrylic pouring, which is kind of like... Hold on, what did you say? This wild kind of colorless right? So, like, the paintings itself, kind of like, you, there's no control, and it's a really good example of letting go of all forms of control. So basically, like, this this winter, I I was looking for creative outlets that go beyond photography and go beyond film because I've always been so fascinated by the different mediums, different mediums of storytelling, and in particular, how, how we're affected by those mediums. And I'm, like, deeply inspired by cinema and, like, novels, and, like, I just I'm always trying to, like, learn different forms of storytelling but I wanted to expand my ability to create. So that kind of led me to, to try painting. And like, it was kind of wild because it's so foreign to me, but it's something that like felt so good. And like, it is the sickest process to watch it unfold. And like, it kind of goes from like being a blob to becoming the universe. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. Well, did you see that way? No, I, I missed, I didn't get oh, to see, so you got to send me a photo yeah. or, I want to see it's a pa- so cool. painting. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Painting. My muse lately has been music. Uh, yeah. And I've, so I've been, I've, I've actually just been, uh, it's the first time in my life I've ever started writing. I normally just like, well, off the cuff, you know, freestyle, but I've been, I've noticed like when I'm with friends, like we've been making, freestyle? yeah, we've been making more oh, and, and, and not, to, we got, <laughs> we got a vibe. And I, and when I say freestyle, I don't rap. I just say it's just, it's, I'm just making music off the top of my head. Oh, uh, you're not freestyle rapping, dude. Okay, I'll, I'll freestyle on top of your freestyle. Yes, I'll rap, yes, I'll yes. Too. yes. I, yeah, I will rap too. Um, but I, I've had this moment recently where you know my buddy's dad was like, you know, Prince, you know, let me hear some of that music, and and I don't really make music. He's just heard me like mess around once or twice, you know, throughout our lifetime. And I had this moment where I got nervous, and I'm like, you know, it's like, uh, should I? But then I, I had this, like, I had in that moment, I was like, who cares? Like, let go. Like, cause you have, like, you don't want to be judged. Right. So the reality is like, that's what humans should be doing. Like we should all be hanging out and just like making music when we're vibing with our friends. Like if you want to have a good time with your friends, 
go into a room with like a bunch of instruments, like give people drums and things to shake. And just like, you want to have a genuine, like human vibe session, make music. And it's so yeah. real. And, and if you can just like let go of like, Oh, I don't want them to judge me and be like, Oh, I'm a bad singer or this didn't make sense or whatever it may be. And you just like flow. I realized like there was a whole different, when I did, when I let go, there was like a whole different energy that came over me and it just flowed. <laughs> and we got into this rhythm and we were making this music that was actually really good. And, but it wasn't even, it didn't even feel like me. It felt like it was coming from somewhere else because I just let go and just let it flow through me. Mm. And I think that's, you know, and I, and I think that happens with all types of art. You know what I mean? Like with painting, yeah. you just get into that, that flow, right? Something comes over you and you're just in that zone and nothing can break yeah. that. It's just like, it's just happening. Do you want uh, an abstract thought? Yeah. Relate to this? Yeah. Okay. You ready? <laughs> so there's this book called Sapiens, mm-hmm. which is about the human evolution across time. Yeah. And there's this, there's this nugget in there that goes something like this. And it's that one of the greatest differences between man and every form of life we know is our ability to conceive of and believe in fiction. Hmm. So our ability to imagine realities that exist beyond reality. Right. Wow. That's dope. That is a that is a trip. <laughs> I love that book, by the way. Yeah, you, I've been pretty deeply impacted by that though, and like in yeah. what you're talking about, in the sense of like music and creating, and like all the different forms of creating, and the way we like are able to imagine these things that don't yet exist and then yep. create them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I also I feel like with music specifically, I feel like everyone has like a song inside of them and like when a bunch of people kind of like what you were saying when a bunch of people get in a room and like they let go of all of that stuff and they just like collectively do that at the same time. Right. It's like a very interesting thing that happens, like a a different kind of connection. Well, it's like music, yeah. real music, like music is our story. Yeah. Like at its at its purest form, I feel like music is our story. So therefore everyone is a musician because everyone has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. it's just, I mean, most of us are just afraid to tell the story. <laughs> Dude, I have this, I have a pretty wild uh, sonic moment where, do you know who Dermot Kennedy is? Who? Oh, I showed them the video. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 that's okay. When Not by name, but yes. I, when that came out. I will go back on your Instagram to watch that just because I like that version better than his voice. the OG one. Her, her song yeah, yeah, so, so like, good. We had this moment where this, Dermot's an Irish singer-songwriter, and we had this moment where we were in the Colorado mountains, and we were shooting like, like a, a, an edit for my buddy's dog, Loki. And um, oh, yeah, we met to my I was looking at Jeremy, and we were at this like Western cafe in the middle of the mountains, and I was like, hey, bro, what if we did an acoustic version of this song? Like, absolutely nothing beyond the just vocals. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, like, an hour later, we're in the middle of this like snowy, peak filled mountain landscape, and it's just me and him, and then everyone is kind of like doing, they're like playing around like 100 feet away, and I'm like, let's do this. And I've never experienced something so powerfully sonically. Yeah. Like the, the way he, it started off really soft and quiet, and then it built and built and built to the point where the mountaintops thought they were shaking. Ooh. And it was vibrating all That's around. So 
She's got the chills, bro. Yeah. Well, v, the way V set it up for us was like, I think we were like showing videos that like gave us the chills. And she was like, you have to watch this. Like, you guys have to. And like, we sat oh, and like bro. watched the whole thing. Well, yeah. And it's like the mixture of like that concept of you just being like, let's just be out in the middle, like just you singing. So it's like a mixture of what your idea, but then also his song and his lyrics right. to the point where he's, it's like you both were pouring out your hearts. Like he's like sweating in that video yeah. and surrounded by snow. And it's just like so cool from like the wind. It was like everybody was in agreement that day. Like all the trees were clapping, yeah. you know, like the weather was perfect. The wind was going down. Right it was just like. One of those moments that it's just undeniable. Yeah. So good. Oh. I, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> I love good. the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome how someone can attack you so deeply, hey? Yeah. yeah. So good. That, you know, chills can run down your spine and you can feel so much capacity. Yeah. So good. Um, you guys got, you guys got any, any other turns you guys want to, any other doors, <laughs> rooms, any other rooms you guys want to explore in the van? <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty good. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, I, dude, I feel really good too, man. It's it's been uh, it's been a really beautiful time uh, chatting with you. It's been uh, inspiring. It's been heartfelt in many moments. Um, lots of lots of beautiful moments with you. So we we thank you for that. Um, before we wrap up the podcast, I'm curious if there's anything you know, like we like we talked about earlier. There's lots of you know, photographers, filmmakers, animators, musicians, sculptors, painters, you know, all types of artists and creatives that listen to this podcast. And so uh, I'm curious if there's any parting words that you would like to leave the audience with uh, before we go. I would say that there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of chaos in the world. And all you can really do is try and find like what makes you feel alive, you know, like what makes you excited and what makes you want to live so deeply and so vigorously that there's nothing that can hold you back. And, and that's advice to anyone is just to try and find what makes you feel it. I love that. Kyler Melton, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, bro. Dude, no, absolutely. You guys can find Kyler on Instagram, just at Kylor. Uh, K-Y-L-O-R. Um, be sure to check him out on YouTube because his videos are insane. Um, they're all they're all amazing. Uh, but watch the Indonesia one. Start there because that that that'll just if you start if you're having a bad day, I promise you, you watch that video, you'll you'll be smiling and feeling good like within ten seconds. So um, and then scroll and watch yeah, just enjoy some, some good content. Sit, spend some time with Kyler and enjoy some really, some really good content. Uh, until next time, we'll, we'll check you guys out. Have a great weekend, everyone.